Alrighty, welcome to Outrageously Unnecessary, your chronically late podcast all about uh, the things that wealthy people have done throughout the ages with that money of theirs. Uh, because as long as wealthy people have existed, they've been buying stupid, stupid things with them. Uh, I'm your host, Haley, and over there is my co-host, Steven. What's up, Gilded Gang? What's up, Gilded Gang? We are almost on time for the month of August. Almost? And we are recording this one day late. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- we had plans. We had plans of being early and then just We just spaced it. We spaced so hard. Because what? Because yeah, you texted me what? What was it? Saturday or Sunday? I can't remember. Yeah, now. after we were like, oh, we were supposed to record on Friday. Oops. And then, Oops. Uh, and then we talked to each other on Saturday and we were like, mm, okay, we'll talk tomorrow, Sunday. I didn't talk Dead. until today. I know. <laughs> And today is Tuesday the 16th, so... Oh, man. Uh, nice and dating ourselves for if people are still listening to this in three years. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you know they will be. And, 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 and Oh, yeah, the Guilty Gang is forever. Absolutely. And also, it, it'll be... We'll still have, like, the random pop-ups in, like, the random countries that continue to floor us and surprise us. You know, us. it's always going to be Sneed's Ferry. Sneed's Ferry! Yes. Sneed's Ferry. Actually, one of my, my co-workers was asking me today, she's like, you have a podcast? What's it called? And I'm like, oh, oh. it's outrageously unnecessary. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> do you like rich people? And she goes, have you talked about Hearst Castle? And I was like, I have. <laughs> I have. <laughs> and then one of my other co-workers goes, oh, did you talk about Mansa Musa? And I was like, I have. Wow. I'm relevant. <laughs> yeah, you, wow, that's amazing. Yes, I have. Uh, I have actually gotten two or three others in my office now listening to our podcast. Yes. So that's what word of mouth does, Gilded Gang. Um, so, anyways, you have been teasing me for the past couple of days with um, a single word about what your topic is about, <laughs> and I've never been more excited. <laughs> uh, I want you to know, maybe I'll post these screenshots later, but uh, when I texted Stephen on Saturday being like, oh no, we forgot to record, he goes, mm, I guess my camels will have to wait. What? What? Camels? And he said no more on the subject. I said no more. <laughs> the rudest man to ever exist. A tease of the nth degree. Uh, so anyways, I, I think the time is nigh. We, we need to know about these camels. I'm so excited. Like, the, so, like, uh, I don't know why, but uh, the other day, like, I, Haley and I were talking about the, uh, about searching for topics right and i don't know what where i was looking what keywords i used but i just came across like one after the other like just really good random super topics and this is one of those moments where like i just happened to stumble across a keyword or something and this thing popped out at me and like it's not like the most outrageously expensive thing ever but it's got to be up there like for for this particular group to have done this like it's just like if it's just something utterly ridiculous i think that fits no it does so much no it it does once like once i tell you like the like give you the context the situation and then the money that was spent on this oh my gosh like it just makes it that much better but okay enough Enough beating around the bush, as they say. Let's uh, let's just go ahead and dive right in. So, uh, we're gonna jump all the way back in time to 1836, 1837, 
much earlier than I was anticipating. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so in 1836, a Major George Crossman of the United States Army, who was convinced from his past experiences in the Indian Wars uh, that took place in the southern United States, uh, he was actually in Florida, that camels would be quite useful as beast of burden and he submitted a memo to the war department to use camels for transportation for, instead of like horses correct for the <laughs> for the entire united states army where does where does a man source camels <laughs> we'll get there um they uh, major crossman was actually largely ignored uh, because I mean, you get that memo across your desk that says, "Hey, I know we use horses, but get this: camels, camels is the new horses." You know, if that memo came across my desk, uh, I mean, I'd probably ignore I'd be it like, too. "Tell me more," but also, you're insane. Same. Um. So, flash forward quite a few years later, like 48, 49, almost eighteen fifty. Uh, the Secretary of War, Jefferson Davis, uh, personally penned one of the most unusual orders in the U.S. Army histories and the U.S. Army's history to uh, Brevet Major Henry C. Wayne. It read in part, Sir, you are assigned to special duty in connection with the appropriation for importing camels for army transportation and for other military purposes. So at some what point, a good memo. <laughs> at some, at some point, um, it came across the right person's desk. Obviously, Senator Jefferson Davis, and uh, someone just goes, "I'm signing off on this." Uh, yeah, it's like this guy. This guy knew what was. It, it was one of those situations to where, like, you know, somebody has a really fantastic idea, but they're just like they're, they're born just a little bit too early. Like they're ahead of their time. Major Crossman ahead of his time, apparent in in the mind of Jefferson Davis. Um, yeah, Jefferson Davis was just like, well, now I got to deal with this. All right, can't do. <laughs> um, so, in his annual uh, army report, uh, Jefferson Davis wrote, "I again invite invitation. Or excuse me, I, I again invite attention to the advantages to be anticipated from the use of camels and dromedaries for military." and other purposes. The report was titled Purchase of Camels for the Purpose of Military Transportation, issued by Davis uh, and published in 1857. So So this is this is like uh, 15, 20 years after the initial The initial proposal. idea, yes. Yes, after the, the initial idea. Um, so there was another major, Major Henry C. Wayne, who... Um, kind of alongside conducted kind of a, a more detailed study and and who also rec, um, further recommended recommended uh, the importation of camels to the war department so he was set out to to procure the camels um, so in 1855 Wayne departed New York City on board the USS supply and began to set sail for the Mediterranean Sea uh, Wayne began to uh, travel along various stops such as uh, Tunisia, Malta, Greece, Turkey, and Egypt. Uh, they acquired 33 dromedaries, 33 camels. 
uh, between all those stops. They acquired 19 females, 14 males, um, uh, two of which were Bactrian. Uh, which... Yeah, there's Bactrian versus Dromedary, yes, right? Yes, yes, So two were Bactrian. It, it's the number of, of humps. Humps, correct. Um, two were Bactrian, 29 were Dromedary. Uh, there was a Dromedary calf and there was one Boogity. It's called Boogity. Which I is, don't know what a boogity is. Which it's a cross between. Is that a breed? Yes, it's a cross between a male bacteria, uh, bactrian, bacterian, excuse me, and a female dromedary. All right. Why a boogity? <laughs> I feel like boogity is not the the name that comes out of uh, crossing bactrian with dromedary. Uh, it's it's spelled B O O G H D E E. Boogity, boogity, boogity. I like boogity. I like boogity. It's it's nice. Um, so uh, flashing forward, they acquired these animals. They returned, and they begin to march the camels, um, and begin to implement them in a use of not only just um transporting materials but also uh, as a means of uh, possibly using them in actual military formations uh, which is amazing let's ride into battle on camels get on your war camels (laughs) i mean well the middle east has been doing it for centuries why can't we uh that's true um so long story short they they were used in a variety of different projects um, but uh, ultimately, uh, they decided that the project should be scrapped um, just because it, it eventually came out that camels were not as viable a source of transportation as other means were at the time. So uh, I want you to take a guess at how much they spent on this initial project for the camels. Just take a guess. I mean, you gotta you gotta pay to get the guy over to the Middle East, pay for the camels, pay for the camels to get on a ship and go back to the Americas. Mm-hmm. This is an 1850s, so I'm gonna like a few hundred thousand, maybe. Okay. All right. So 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 less so less than that. Um, they appropriated, uh, the U.S. Congress appropriated $30,000 for the initial project. Flash forwarding to today's money, that's $872,464. Okay, I was definitely thinking in today's money, but... <laughs> yeah, $800,000... To go get some To camels. go get some camels, and but eventually it was scrapped. No, wait. Does that mean that we just have camels now? Um, yeah, I mean, because uh, eventually... we brought them over, right? We we did. Um, there, uh, actually, one of one of the most famous camels was actually a uh, an Arizonan legend called the Red Ghost. <laughs> I kid you not. Oh, it's called wait. the Red Ghost. Hold on. Fun fact. Um. God, I, I need to look this up and fact check this. I might just be totally speaking out of my ass right now. But um, did you ever have one of those, like, uh, uh, toilet fun fact books? That, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
I for sure remember reading something that there is a law in Arizona that just like it, it makes no sense nowadays. But there was a law that you couldn't uh, tie your camel to a hitching post. <laughs> In Arizona. And now I feel like that's probably where that came from. Uh, Wait, aren't there herds of wild camels in Arizona now? uh, You know, I don't know. It doesn't say, but... You keep talking. I've got some Googling to do. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you you keep going. All right, so... um, one of the so so the initial kind of the initial downfall of the Campbell experiment uh, was actually the Civil War. Um, there were actually rebel troops who occupied a certain camp that had captured several of the camels and used them to to transport supplies around San Antonio. Um, the camels suffered greatly at the hands of their captors, who had an intense dislike for the animals. They were badly mistreated, abused, and a few of them were actually just deliberately outright killed. Which well, is awful it's absolutely um so soon after the civil war ended the camels started being sold off at public auction or turned loose and left to wander so i would not be surprised just let them out into the wilderness just let them out into the wild um the smithsonian magazine actually says that some were actually caught and used over the years by union and confederate troops some ended up in circuses or private ranches or in others found their way into mexico a few unfortunately, ended up being sold to butchers, which is... I mean, supposedly camel meat is, is like, decently tasty, but, like, that's unfortunate that we were, like, we had a specific thing of, like, we are buying these for a purpose. Let us not use them for this purpose. Um, Also, I want to say that uh, I did... So I think I found the same article that you're looking at where it's, like, whatever happened to the wild camels of the American West. Yes. Um, but I just, I really, uh, they said that like initially they were stationed in Texas, which is how they got to Arizona. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. But yes, I, I really like the opening paragraph of this, which is, uh, in the 1880s, a wild menace haunted the Arizona territory. It was known as the red ghost. And its legend grew as it roamed the high country. It trampled a woman to death in 1883. It's rumored to stand 30 feet tall. Yes, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Uh, uh, (laughs) I know. Uh, Oh, someone thinks that it ate a grizzly bear. Oh, would that be surprised? Oh, my God. I would not. Absolutely wild. Okay. These camels deserved fucking better. Right? 100%. Now, why is my picture not loading? Come on. Oh, are you trying to send me something? I am trying. Mm-hmm. I'm not even in the crack. Oh! Is it like a drawing of camels? Yeah, it's like, it was it was an early like kind of rendering of of I of think the it's a PNG, cord. so it just kind of pasted, kind of funky. Uh, but it's like it's for sure a drawing of a camel and then a cowboy. <laughs> uh, I know it's it's kind of a fail. Uh, I just that's absolutely delightful. It's that amazing the US though. Spent money on that. They spent so much money, like a hundred. Oh, excuse me, like eight hundred thousand dollars. Like that's just 
That's bonkers so to me. So much. That's so much. I just want to know if the law that I'm thinking of, uh, uh, defunct law, perhaps, is... Uh, oh, Arizona made it illegal to hunt and kill camels, so that's something. The last sighting of a live camel was made in 1891. Oh. Hmm. Man. Man. So, I mean, th maybe that means that the red ghost lasted an extra 40 years. <laughs> I, would I hope so. Holy cow. Oh, my God. They were called the United States Camel Corps. Yes, I know. They're, it's amazing. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Like, I loved every second of that. God, camels, they deserve so much better. And now I feel like we need to look up, um, like, have you seen the insane, really intricate camel haircuts that uh, some breeders give their camels in the Middle East? No. Oh, my God. You should look up some photos sometime because that's something that I've seen on, like, Imager and whatnot is, uh, like, just really interesting uh, camel art. Oh, oh, my gosh. Did you look it up? I'm looking at it right now. Camel haircut. Oh, no. Camel hair. They're so pretty. Of course, the first thing that comes up is a freaking llama who looks like llama. Jethro. <laughs> Jethro. Maybe his name's Clam. <sighs> yeah, no, but camel art is like, for sure, those in Pakistan treat their camels significantly better than the U.S. Army did. But that shocks 100. absolutely nobody. Yeah, 100 percent. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. I will I will post some of the camel art to the Instagram. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, that was absolutely delightful, Stephen. Yeah. Thank you for camels. That You're was, welcome. That was worth all the anticipation that you built over the weekend. Oh, good. I'm so glad. It was such a fun I'm, find. I'm living for Red Ghost. Me, Just, me I too. hope he still haunts the desert. I do, too. I hope his descendants, too, are out there somewhere just saying that. Yeah, you. just the like. I know that they said that we haven't seen one since 1891. Just I have hopes that there's just a wild camel colony that no one has found yet. Yeah, that's just they're living their best life in caves somewhere. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. But <sighs> in any case, do you happen to have a chump change? I do have a chump change. Great, because I don't. <laughs> ba da ba 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 da chump change. <laughs> Oh, yes, I do. So, do you like water, Haley? I do like water, Stephen. What's the it keeps me alive. Yes, it does. What is the most delicious water you've ever had? Like, the hands down the best water you've ever had. That's a really good question. I know. Like, I was trying to think the other day, too. I was like, what is the best water I've ever had? And I remembered. So, I have mine, but I'm curious what yours is. I don't think I have one. Like I, uh, I can't remember like off the top of my head what it would like. Who's who's got the best water? Colorado's got pretty decent water. Mm. I can tell you right now, it's not California or Arizona's tap water. Though both are bad. Um, I mean, like there's decent bottled waters out there. Um, I don't know. What's yours? What's yours experience? Is it like Icelandic water that you drink fresh fresh from a spring? Uh. 
I mean, n no, but uh, you're you're on the you're you're close. You're close. Okay, so several years back when I visited uh, France, um, we traveled. Uh, we had a a weekend where we didn't have to do you know some of the things that we were scheduled to do throughout the week, so we had like a free day. So Saturday, uh, they took us to a uh, a city in the I guess that would be the south eastern region of France, and the city's name was Lourdes, which is L U R D E S, and Lourdes is has a um, it's like a Catholic destination kind of a visitation site. Um, mm -hmm. Like they like they perform like miracles there. They have um, like it's it, it's a very very prolific. Obviously not as big as the Vatican, but like it's a very prolific site in France for a lot of Catholics to journey there. And um, I mean, the, of course, the site is absolutely gorgeous. They have rows and rows of and I can't remember what they're called. I'm not Catholic, but um, where you can purchase a candle to light for those who I think are in purgatory. Um, I can't exactly remember uh, specifically what they're called. Anyways, um, supposedly um, there is this underwater. There's not underwater. There is this under earth like type cavern that you can go down into, and supposedly there was a visitation from the Virgin Mary at this site, uh, who touched and blessed the water, and you can for i think i think for uh i love that they're charging euros. for a, a holy site yeah i know right i'm sure the virgin mary it's would amazing love that. for five euros yeah <laughs> oh so for five euros uh you can have you can get a, a plastic you know cup with uh some of this water how do you know now, it's from there the did thing. you watch them do it <laughs> Oh, okay. You're in a line, so they're like right? dipping and, it, and you're and you're going through, but they don't. They do not dip your cup. There is a ritual with it. Like there is like this wooden ladle that's like super long, ornate. They dip it in. They and they put it into your cup, and let me fucking tell you, I was so refreshed after just. It was the quenchiest, the most sweetiest, the most deliciosoest water that I have absolutely ever had. It was so good. I like for a second believe that, you know what? I believe the Virgin Mary might have. Uh, I think might have the Virgin Mary traveled all the way to France for this one. It, it feels right. <laughs> <laughs> it feels. Well, now I really want to really know like right. what the so, chemical composition of like the surrounding minerals and whatnot of this spring is. I was sure. so terrified, one hundred percent, that it was going to be like, and dead bodies have been washing up in here for years, and we didn't discover that until way later. So we've just been drinking this water, and then finally <laughs> learned, oops, dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it so sweet. Uh, no. Um, I, I don't know what it was, but uh, I'm telling you, it was so good. Anyways, sorry, chop change. Um, I again, randomly, I was looking, I was looking for 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 water online. Don't ask me why. Uh, you but just I was knew you knew it was going to be a good, a good topic as a topic. You were just searching water, <laughs> and it happened to show up and be like, mm, that could be a chump change. 
Okay. Listen, don't ask questions. I was just looking for water online, okay? All right, anyways, okay. So I came across the world's most expensive water. And it's amazing. Okay, um, okay let me find let me let me find it here. So the Aqua di Cristado Tributo a Modigliani. It's Italian. Yep. It is very much Italian. Um, this particular water is bottled in one of the most expensive bottles in the entire world. This 750 milliliter glass bottle is covered, excuse me, from head to toe in solid 24 carat. It's always, it's always got to be gilded in gold. Okay. It's solid 24 karat gold. But what's more, Haley, what's more, I tell you, is that each drop of water inside, each drop that is dropped into is contains five grams of 23 karat what? gold. What? What? Each drop. The pre the presence of gold makes the water a little more alkaline than regular water, which contributes to the massive pricing. It is also said that this gold-sprinkled range of drinking water provides more energy than regular water. So, please take a guess as to... I'm going to show you the picture. I'm gonna show you please the picture show first, me the picture. Can, I don't even have a number for this. This is... So, what the fuck? It's a face. Why is it a face? <laughs> yeah, That's know. not at all what I was expect. God damn... No. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's no it's a face. stretchy face that's not even like that's not even something that i would want to display on my shelf afterwards being like i paid blank amount of money for this solid gold and glass water bottle what is this hot garbage <laughs> i hate it it's amazing oh that's real bad really I, awful. Yep, nope I, nope nope Nope, that's awful. Just take it. Take I a mean, guess. Like $2,000? $800? I don't know if I need to be going higher or lower. What? 60000 60000 shit gold at the end of your bottle. day? Yeah, yeah. There's gold flex in I your can't shit? imagine flushing gold. That's what hurts. Like every time that there's like. A gold-leafed dessert or something like that. Like, I know gold leaf is what it, but, like, this, no, this feels so weird and wrong. Like, we could at least be using the gold for, like, electrical conduit or something beneficial to society. But, no, right. I must shit the gold out at the end of my day. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that next level next rich, level though. Rich. When... When you when you're I like can oh, I can shake yeah. gold, yeah. <laughs> what about you? Could you shake gold? Yeah, I, I think yeah. we can. Yeah, share yeah. with the table. We could all shake gold. I can shake gold. gold. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. Oh. So, so yeah, so sixty sixty thousand for for gold uh, face water, Haley. So uh, just uh, for incredible for find. I'm very proud water. of you for finding that one. And once again, how do you do it? <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a magician never reveals his secrets, huh? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> or, or my Google, or, or my Google I mean, you're Anyways. probably on a couple of watch lists at this point, but eh. <laughs> we, we almost we, certainly we both, both are. are. Yeah. You know we both are. <laughs> so, Haley, I turn the tables okay. towards thee. 
can do. Um, so first of all, uh, I'm going to preface this and say that listener George uh, in Scotland, hey friend, you suggested a very fabulous topic for me. Um, I have it on my list. I will be getting to it. It is not this episode's because um, I was writing the other one and then this one just kind of um, fell into my lap and I got distracted. So we're doing this one first and then <laughs> yours is coming up there, bud. So thanks. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, thanks, George. Anywho, let's let's move on. This one just... This truly fell into my lap. I was on Imager just scrolling and like it was a Tumblr repost, uh, like screenshot of a Tumblr thing. And like it was like, there's no way this is real. Oh, it's real. All right. Yeah. Oh, so boy. let us start this off with Alexander III of Macedon was born in July 356 BCE to Olympias of Epirus and Philip II of Macedon. He is truly a thing of myth and legend at this point. According to the myths in his own time, his ancestor was Achilles, like, you know, that Achilles. Uh, he studied under Aristotle until he was 16 years old. Uh, at the age of 20, he became the king of Macedon and immediately began a series of military campaigns to rule over all of the Mediterranean. Uh, he invaded the Persian Empire, conquered them, went into India, won there, and then made his way into Babylon. Uh, so he has a very long and storied history, and I'm sure very many ridiculous purchases through his life as emperor. Uh, but I am not talking about him today, and if you haven't guessed who him is, him is Alexander the Great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can you imagine, like, like a, sorry to interrupt, but can you imagine becoming king at 20? Wild. Like, at 20? Fuck wild. I was, I was doing I was king of depression and anxiety. I can't imagine Anything. being king of like and an, an, doing all of these empire. military campaigns and becoming one of the most well-known like historical figures of all time at twenty. Ever? Did you know that he ever? died at thirty-two? At twenty. He had oh, twelve God. years. I'm. I'm older yeah. than him. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. That one just sits you right down in your Ugh. chair and makes you think a little on it. <laughs> That's oof, hurts. All okay. right. Uh, okay. Well, All I'll right. take I'll take the focus off of that. I'll, we'll bring it back. We'll bring it back. Um, okay. So okay. I'm not okay. necessarily okay. talking about Alexander the Great today. I mean, I am, but I'm not. I'm going to be talking about his best friend and boyfriend, whose name is Hephaestion. Uh, so I I have an, a little uh, clip here that says, "That's right. I said boyfriend. Fight me, historians." <laughs> So, uh, we it. do not have a precise date of birth for Hephaestion, but uh, it is assumed he was born around the same time as Alexander the Great. So, it's either in the same year or, if anything, a couple years older or younger than him. Like, somewhere in that ballpark, they grew up together. Uh, we know that they were for sure friends as teenagers. There's an account of them sailing to Pisa together when they were 15 years old, and then they got out in Pisa and took a stroll and then sailed back to Macedon. Uh, so that that's something that they were allowed to do at the ripe age of 15. Yeah. Of 15? Uh, Jeez. so both of them studied under Aristotle together. Um, and we do have an account that, um, uh, Alexander's father, uh, King Philip II, quote, regarded him as an excellent influence on his son. Uh, quote comes from worldhistory.org. Um, 
So we know that Alexander the Great and Hephaestion went to war together. Uh, Hephaestion was Alexander's right-hand man. Apparently he was very good at organizing. He wasn't necessarily great at war, but really good at organizing. So he Uh just kind of became second in command. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Right-hand man. (laughs) And uh, there is a story that Alexander, quote, chose to visit the tomb of of his hero and supposed ancestor, Achilles... Uh, at Troy, which uh, in the time of Alexander was actually a small village. Uh, And such was his fascination with the hero that the king always slept with a copper of Homer's Iliad under his pillow. Uh, With him being at Troy, of course, uh, was Hephaestion, uh, and Hephaestion laid a wreath on the tomb of Achilles' friend uh, Patroclus, uh, also from worldhistory.org. If you have not read the Iliad, Uh, or the modern book, The Song of Achilles, Uh, Patroclus was probably the most important person in Achilles' life, and across, like, most works is interpreted as Achilles' lover. Uh, So a lot of people compared Alexander the Great and Hephaestion to Achilles and Patroclus, which is why I say that Mm. they were almost certainly boyfriends. They like they they had to have been interesting. Uh, historians very much so love doing their like they were best friends, roommates. They lived together forever, totally straight. No, they, it's ancient Greece. They are gay as hell. Um, like both of them took wives at some point, but they had right. to in order to like do alliances and whatnot. Um. Anyways, moving forward. In October of 324 BCE, Hephaestion developed a very high fever and died. Uh, Alexander the Great was completely devastated. So from Wikipedia, quote, Plutarch says that Alexander's grief was uncontrollable and uh, adds that he ordered many signs of mourning, notably that the manes and tails of all horses should be shorn, the demolition of the battlements of the neighboring cities and the banning of flutes and every other kind of music. Uh, besides the account reported in a previous section about the immediate manifestations of despair by Alexander on his friend's body, uh, Arian also relates that until the third day after Hephaestion's death, Alexander neither tasted food nor paid any attention to his personal appearance, but laid on the ground either wailing or silently mourning. <laughs> and that he had the doctor, Glaucius, hanged for his lack of care. Uh, Arian also mentions that Alexander uh, ordered the shrine of Asclepius uh, in Ecbatana to be raised to the ground, and then he cut his hair short in mourning. So, like, Alexander went real extra real fast. Yeah. super extra so So, like very large drama queen like yes we are all very sad that your best friend and lover died and this is understandable that you would be grief stricken but the fact that you just kind of covered yourself like you threw yourself onto his body just crying and then in the middle of your crying you're like everyone else has to cut their hair like (laughs) cut it cut your hair now I hear a flute playing fuck that flute Fuck that flautist. Fuck that flautist. Hang that flautist. I don't like it. (laughs) So he went a little extreme. 
Um, and then essentially after uh, that third day, and he's kind of coming out of that morning, uh, he's, he's still in mourning, but not as uh, extreme, you know. Uh, we have to now pay for a funeral. Okay, well, before we get into the nitty-gritty of this, it is very, very important that we note what Wikipedia lists the cost of this funeral as. And before you have any, any information at all about this funeral, I want you to give me a guess. Today's, today's dollars. dollars? It's high. I bet it is. Let's go with. I can tell you it does not start with a B. Let's go with 270 million. Oh, you are million. so close. You are incredibly close, my friend. Okay. According to Wikipedia, its cost is variously given in the sources as 10,000 talents or 12,000 talents, which is either 200 million or 240 million. Oh, yeah, you are it. good. Yes. Damn, son. Ah, ah. All right. We're getting too good at guessing money. Um, I know. No, I know. It is it's a problem. A problem. It makes our games it's less a problem. fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do it every day with, like, just random stuff. I'm like, Numbers aren't shocking to like, me that's, anymore now that I know, like, money. what things cost. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is a ridiculous sum of money. Yeah. But I saw online... Right. Someone was talking about like cities wasting taxpayer funding because uh, the uh, the trash cans that they spec'd were uh, uh, like five hundred dollars each, and I like sitting here as a landscape designer who has to spec trash cans regularly. I'm like, damn, that's a cheap trash can. Most of them are like I don't know, fifteen hundred, two k. Wow, good for the city. <laughs> mm. Wow, good, wow. For, them. good for them. Good for them. So. Yeah, no, we're getting too good at this. Anyways, back to the <laughs> funeral. Um, so apparently Alexander himself drove the funeral carriage uh, part of the way back to uh, Babylon. Uh, and with some of the driving was entrusted to uh, one of Hephaestion's friends uh, named Perdiccas. Um, Alexander the Great then proceeded to hire... <clears throat> oh, boy. Stasicrates, yeah, Stasicrates, uh, a who was a famous artist of the time, uh, and he hired him to design a funeral pyre for Hephaestion. Uh, and dear God, this thing is not just a funeral pyre. I think of a funeral pyre and I'm like, yeah, you stack some logs and then you put the body <laughs> on top of it and then it burns yeah. and that's a funeral pyre. Yeah. Like, we're yeah. on the same page of what a pyre is. No. Um, so, anyways, there's a very good chance that this uh, pyre was not actually burned. Uh, what was perhaps maybe instead meant to last as, like, a tomb or, like, a monument in his honor or something like that. But not sure. We know it was built, though. Uh, so, according to thesecondachilles.com, um, quote... Uh, Diodorus tells uh, how each of Alexander's generals and friends uh, sought to meet the king's desires and make images of, of Hephaestion in ivory and gold and other valuable materials. The footnotes say that these were probably medallions or small images to be worn in wreaths. 
in order to make Hephaestion's funeral pyre, Alexander tore down one of Babylon's walls to distance uh, to a distance of ten furlongs. You might want to Google how much a furlong is. I have no goddamn idea. Um, Hang on a second. So a, fur a furlong is. Uh, it is a, a biblical, biblical measurement. measurement. I always too. have like I, there's also like cubits that are about to be in here, and yes. I know that that's what the Cu ark was. Cubits, bushels, furlongs. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, cubits. Uh, I used to know. I really did. I used to know what a furlong and a, and a cubit was. Like best get like best uh, as close uh, as we could. With your upbringing, with so your long. religious upbringing, that kind of that makes sense. Um, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, this is not a pyre. This is a building. I am... This is a... Oh, my God. I will be sending you some photos <sighs> in a minute. Um, anywho, so, Furlong, Gilded Gang, you can search for It's going to kill me. It's going to kill um, me. It was just, it was just <sighs> Furlong ago. I just can't remember. Is that the title of this episode? It's <sighs> Furlong ago? Um, how, dare, <laughs> how dare you make me listen to this with my own two ears? <laughs> Anyways, so <laughs> Alexander tore down one of Babylon's walls to a distance of 10 furlongs. Uh, he then leveled the space uh, created using uh, baked tiles. So he's creating a foundation. The pyre was square in shape and a furlong in length on every side, which is absolutely insane that it's only a furlong in length on every side when he decided to tear down the wall at a distance of 10 furlongs. I know 10 is more than one. Alexander, what you doing, boy? What you, what doing, you doing, boy? son? Uh, anyways, Alexander divided up the area of the pyre into 30 compartments. We don't particularly know what this means. We think it means that, like, there's 30, like, rooms, sections of, of the pyre. Uh, each roof of the each section of the pyre was held up by palm tree trunks yeah so okay. once the pyre had been built alexander decorated all the exterior walls so he essentially pyre built into 30 sections still don't know what that means uh and then we have to take said pyre and uh build a casing around it to make it a pretty building <clears throat> so here's here's the description uh, ground, ground level, golden prows of quinque mares, uh, God, I, quinquirms? I know it's quinque, because I've heard it pronounced before, but it ends with an E-M-E-S, and I, oh, quinquermes, I don't know, uh, I don't know, golden prows, 240 in all were placed here. Statues of kneeling archers, four cubits in height, were placed on the ship's cat heads, while armed male figures, five cubits high, were positioned on the deck. Um, red felt banners filled the space between them. So we've got, what the fuck is a quinquerme? I'm sorry, I have to, I know I'm in the middle of describing this, but I should have done the research on what a quinquerme hey. was. Hold on, I'm, I'm googling. I'm googling. Because I know it's like pronounced tri triangle. Queen oh, queen queen queen. Queen. Uh, It's uh, it's yeah. It's five. It's five. It's the number five. The number five. It's, um, okay, 
<laughs> Wiktionary says that a, uh, still don't know how to pronounce it, um, an ancient Carthaginian or Greek galley, so boat, having a bank of three oars rowed by five oarsmen, two to an oar uh, in each of the upper rows and one in the lower. So, oh, I'm just going to... Oh, no, there's 240 of these? Oh, no. I didn't even... <laughs> Oh, oh no, I didn't God. even put two and two together I... until I just saw the image. Guys, it is a whole ass boat. It's yeah, a it's a trireme, trireme but it's it's uh with with the number five instead of try. Oh, so a queen quinquireme. Yeah, quinquireme. Yeah, if it's a trireme, three is three levels and then the quinquireme is right, a five level quinquireme. shit. Oh, thank you. That hurt. That yeah, was quinquireme. Sorry, Gilded Gang, that was a bit to get through. Uh, but we got there in the end. And I, and th shout out to Ubisoft, because I only knew that because Hell of Assassin's yeah. Creed Odyssey. <laughs> Video games help with learning <laughs> history. Hell tell yeah. your moms. Um, <laughs> and tell your moms. Uh, tell your moms. Uh, anyway, so 240 of the Quinquariums. That's 240 fucking boats. Each filled with statues yeah. of kneeling archers and... Uh, armed male figures on the deck. Nuts. Okay. Insane. So that's just the first level. I Insane. want you to know that there are six levels. Second I level. Torches, 15 cubits tall with golden wreaths about their handles were placed here. On top of the torches were eagles with outstretched wings looking downward, presumably at the snakes at the base of the torch, which were looking up. <laughs> Third level, huh. a carving of, quote, a multitude of wild animals being pursued by hunters, end quote. Fourth level, a centauromaki <gasps> rendered in gold. Do we know what a centauromaki is? No. Am I going to Google it right now and hope there's a photo? Yes. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. Googling is happening. We need, like, a theme song for Googling. One of my favorite podcasts is um, uh, is called Finish It, and it's a choose-your-own-adventure podcast. And they have the best jingles for just everything. And they do have a Google searching uh, <laughs> theme song, and I absolutely adore it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so I guess it's just like a it's a it's a like a relief carving of, that involves centaurs. So. Okay, hold on, okay. hold on. I'm just going to at least include this on what I was going to send you. There you go. Yeah, centaurs. Centauroma? It's a bunch of centaurs. I don't know. We're doing our best. Uh, okay, fifth level. Statues of lions and bulls alternating, uh, and also in gold. So, Guild those bastards in gold, and I don't want to see a lion next to another lion. I want a lion, a bull, a lion, a bull, a lion, a bull. <laughs> then, uh, on the sixth level, this was covered with Macedonian and Persian arms, testifying to the prowess of the... That's not a sentence. Testifying to the prowess of the one people and to the defeats of the other. Oh, that is a sentence. Okay. So I think saying, Macedon is great. Fuck Persia. We beat you. So that, <laughs> great. Um, 
And then, oh, I'm sorry, seventh level, top level. Diodorus states that on top of all stood sirens, hollowed out and able to conceal within them persons who sang a lament in mourning for the dead. <laughs> Let's, do you want to just How unpack terrifying. that for a second? That is a statue. And we have now hired singers to get inside the statue and just sing funeral dirges. <laughs> That so you're walking by terrifying. and you're like, the statue is singing at me. That's deeply horrifying. I mean, sounds that like sounds money. like money. I don't even know if they were hired. Maybe it was slaves. <laughs> Who knows? Like... That's all the information that I have on that. Um, I have one more sentence uh, to explain some things and stuff, which I think is just kind of like the icing on the cake. But before I get there, do you have any thoughts? I have so many thoughts. First of all, um, why why in Greek art is there always naked people? Because they appreciate the human <laughs> like, form, you prude. <laughs> uh, I'm not, a lot of I'm them not, were I'm naked, especially at like the Olympics and stuff. It was just it's it's also how yeah, they like, fought. I wonder. Yeah, I, I I wonder if it was if if it was just part of their culture to like not not shame people like not feel shame for 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 their bodies like i mean they have huge like public baths like, just... so i think that like especially art wise it was just understood with art that like we are admiring the form and then otherwise in like day-to-day -day, like yeah i don't know it's bodies mm. yeah it's just it's interesting yeah cult it's just culturally just this the difference but yeah no um First of all, I think I think uh, I, I well I love naval ships like just just in general. So I think the uh, like the trireme, the the quinquireme, like I just just that's so fascinating to me. But just the the layers, like like the way like you're describing the layers, sounds like a ziggurat, like almost like it's like this what did I like just this send temple, um, a ah! ziggurat. Yeah, we have drawings mm. of what we think it looked like, and it's essentially like. It, it is a ziggurat. It's it's a like a stacked pyramid, and we just got stacks on stacks on stacks. But like, I, stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks. They did say the prow of the quinquereems, so maybe they just took the front half of the boat. <laughs> but they also said that there was a deck. I don't understand how this works. Wait, is that is that on the river maybe? or on the, on the water? It Maybe looks that's like there might they, there's, well, like there's land. They destroyed a wall to be able to build it in Babylon. Oh, that's true. I do not understand how this that, works uh, at all. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like okay, just just money and architecture. Yeah, so uh, obviously, hiring the artist uh, dude was choice on Alexander's part and honoring his friend. One hundred percent. No, it's, it's amazing. It's just, God. Just to have like to have money to the point where like just the concept of money becomes an art. I'm pretty form. sure in order to get it to like to pay for it as well, I'm pretty sure I read something about he just immediately made all of the cities that he had conquered just like pay a tithe. And it was like, Oh, you guys are paying for this. <laughs> Not surprising at not all. Not surprising at all. That I, that would no, no, that would Very not emperor, that would not surprise me. Um <laughs> Okay, do you want to know the icing on the cake, or do you have any I mean, other final thoughts? 
The icing on the cake is that Alexander asked the oracle at Siwa if Hephaestion could be granted godhood. (gasps) I know the oracle at Siwa. Again, Assassin's Creed Odyssey (laughs) reference. (gasps) It's all all keep going. Anyway, he asked asked Uh, the oracle if Hephaestion could be a god. And the oracle said no. And instead, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Said no. Uh, and instead, uh, Hephaestion was uh, given the title of divine hero, so he was still allowed to be worshipped, just not as a god. So, anyways, Hephaestion in death is now a divine hero, <laughs> um, and that's what we get. And then eight months later, Alexander kicked the bucket and got to join him in death. <laughs> Oh, well, re- reunited, so and it feels so good. Yeah. And that's that's what I That's amazing. That's amazing. So, yeah. The, the I love it. The most ridiculous funeral in the entire history of everything. In the entire history of literally... Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, what a fun story. I, I mean, there's... Uh, they definitely don't teach that one in uh, my Christian <laughs> history class. No. Uh, like, uh, you don't need to know anything about Alexander. But to be fair, I didn't have a uh, uh, like a Christian schooling, and I too did not learn about it. So perhaps this was not a shortcoming on your on your nun teachers. Uh, yeah, no, no, definitely not. It's just one of the more obscure facts. Like, it, it just makes you think. Like, there's. How many like more obscure facts by like are there out That's there by you know Roman emperors? That's why our podcast is and, gonna uh, live forever. <laughs> forever, we're just here to, like, I know. To dig these stories up, we're unearthing <laughs> them, baby. As we say at the beginning yeah, of the episodes, every single time, as long as there have been rich people, they have been Those doing people. stupid stuff with their money. We got all of human history, and we're here <laughs> to uncover it. <laughs> and we're here all to uncover we're, all we're here shit. for the long haul baby just never on a schedule anyways uh that's all yeah. that i have so thank you very much for listening gilded gang um if you're not following us on instagram uh and want to see the photos of things that we've talked about today go follow us on at outrageously unnecessary um Twitter, I haven't updated in a while, but, you know, that could come back. So if you want to follow us on Twitter or, like, recommend us to your friends and tag us or something, we're at Pot on there. But, yeah, uh, tell your friends. Uh, perhaps we will become popular enough that we will actually uh, have ourselves a listener meetup in Sneed's Ferry at some point. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to... <sighs> Are you alive? Uh, ooh, do I do I cut that out or do I leave that in? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Ah, nah, you're uh, fine. But yeah, I am genuinely thinking of doing Sneed's Fairy merch. Um. Oh no! <laughs> Craft uh, fest, here we come. Anywho, we lobster. Wait, is it lobster fest or shrimp fest? I think I it's shrimp. Remember. I think it's shrimp. Is it shrimp? Like shrimp fest. Shrimp fest. Shrimp. Yes. Shrimp fest. Shrimp fest, here we come. Anyways, we love you, Gilded Ah. Gang. We will see you soon. Next time, I will be uh, roughly 10 days away from being a married woman. Woo!
Yes! Well, we'll post some so cute excited. pictures of me and Steven together because this will be the first time that he and I have seen each other in years, and we're gonna look fancy. Hell yeah, we're gonna look sexy as shit. So, so thank you, Gilded Gang, for listening for one hundred percent and for putting up with our shenanigans. We'll see you next time. <laughs>